0: oh come on i think we can do a little better than that has he been good to some people has he woke you up this morning has he clothed you in your right mind has he brought you to the house of the lord where you can feel his presence hallelujah i'm thankful that we have a place where we can come and we can feel him a lot of people go to church but not everybody gets to feel him a lot of people make their way to the place of worship that they attend but not everybody gets to feel what we feel this morning i'm thankful that the king of glory is in the house this morning i'm thankful that we can reach out and we can touch him no matter what the need no matter what the situation he is not too far removed from his people i'm so thankful that we serve the good god that we serve amen and i'm thankful for you people the people of god amen let's give yourselves a hand clap this morning Amen. I love the people of God. I love the church. It is such a beautiful, beautiful, precious thing to be a part of, and I love and appreciate every one of you. Amen. I'm so thankful to have many members of my family here this morning. I'm blessed to have my oldest sister, Sister Caitlin, here. She moved away, and I never thought when I was a young boy that there would be a day where I would miss my sister. But lo and behold, it happened. (laughs) I love her very much. I'm thankful for her. Thankful to have Bethany here with her also this morning. And uh, I have my in-laws with me all the way from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Amen. Amen. I, I know that they love us dearly, but I don't think we're the main reason they're here today. They're here to celebrate the first year of life of our little Scarlet. She's getting ready to turn one in a few days, and they were able to make it out here. I'm thankful that they were. Amen. I'm thankful for good in-laws. I'm thankful that I don't understand the term monster-in-law. I've been blessed. God's been good to me. God's been good to me, and I give them honor and love and appreciate them very much. Amen. Without any further ado, I'd like to turn your attention to the word of the Lord this morning. While you do, I'd also like to give honor to our pastor. How many love your pastor? Amen. Amen. I think my family thought they were going to get to hear him this morning, um, but they're not. It's like expecting to come see Michael Jordan, but you get to see the bench warmers instead. <laughs> Amen. We love our pastor. We're thankful for his ministry. Amen. The Word of the Lord, Psalms chapter 100. Psalms chapter 100, a very familiar portion of Scripture that I'd like to draw your attention to. Psalms 100, we will begin with verse number 1. When you have it, say amen. The Word of the Lord says this. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord he is God it is he that hath made us not we ourselves we are his people and the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good amen how many are thankful that he's good he's a good God His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Amen. By the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, I would like to simply preach to you on the topic, the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to be with us for the rest of this morning. Precious Lord, we thank you for your spirit that we feel in your house today. God I pray that your word would go forth that your word would find good ground Lord that it would be planted deep within the hearts of your people this morning God let the roots run deep Lord that it may withstand the storms and the tribulation of life God we ask that your perfect will will be made manifest in your house this morning Lord let not our agendas dominate and push your will around but Lord let your perfect will have its perfect way in your house today Lord we love you and we lift up your beautiful name that above every name the name of Jesus and everybody said amen amen Amen. thank you for standing you can be seated in the house of the Lord this morning I believe that the Word of God is 100% intentional nothing is without reason nothing is written without purpose These are not just the ramblings of a bunch of teachers or prophets. This is the infallible word of God. Every word was spoken with purpose. Every word was written down with grand design and for reason. I I remember witnessing to somebody when I was uh, an older teenager, and in conversation they said, wait a minute, you mean that's not just a book of stories? You mean those those people were real? I said, oh, yes, they were real. And not only were they real, but every word in this book is living today. This is the living, infallible (laughs) word of God. It's a precious, precious thing. And and with that understanding, there are certain things that stand out to you when you read this precious book. Some things that just have a way of jumping off the page and, and making their impression in your mind and in your heart. At, at, at times you will even run across certain words, certain phrases, certain verbiage that, that might even puzzle you at first glance. They, they might not make much sense in, in our modern day language or our modern vernacular, the way we speak in the modern world. One of these words that really stands out to me in the Bible in multiple accounts when you come across it is the usage of the word Good. It's a word we see all throughout the Bible, and and it's a word that just sometimes surprises me. It's one of those words that kind of jumps off the page, if you will. It, It sometimes seems to not quite fit the context or the situation, if you will. And when you start to read the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, the book of beginnings, you will run into this word quite quickly. Genesis begins with the account of Almighty God starting the process of creating the earth that we live in. We read how the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. There was nothing, it was null and it was void, but the Spirit of Almighty God moved upon the face of the waters. And he said, let there be light, and there was light. He didn't have to flip on a light switch he didn't have to call the power company and say hey can you can you hook up the power he didn't have to run any kind of wiring with the spoken word of god he said let there be light and there was light then the scripture says he saw the light and that it was good and then god with all creative power and all authority in heaven and in earth divided the light from the darkness. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful we serve a God that knows how to divide light from darkness. He, The scripture says went on to create the firmament or what we, what we would know as the sky or the atmosphere, the air around the earth that we live in. He, he created this firmament and, and the scripture says it would divide the waters from the waters. And then God caused the waters to be gathered together in one place. And when that happened, dry land appeared. And he called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And he looked out at what he had just done and said, It was. It was a good thing. He then commanded the earth that the earth would bring forth fruit. So the earth did as it was commanded. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb yielding seed after his kind. And the fruit tree whose seed was in itself. And God saw that it was Good next he he created the sun and he created the moon and he he cast the stars into the place they needed to be and he 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 placed them there to give light unto the earth and to divide the light from the darkness the sun to rule over the day and the moon and the stars to rule over the night and when he did this God saw that it was good he created the the fish and the whales and the sea turtles and the creatures of the sea and every single winged fowl or bird that you might see all the way from the mighty eagle down to the smallest hummingbird he created them after every bird after their kind thousands of different species thousands of different types and god saw that it was good. He commanded the earth to bring forth the living creature after its kind, cattle, and creeping thing and all the various beasts of the earth that you might see today. Every hippopotamus, every rhinoceros, giraffe, alligator, grizzly bear, whatever it might be, he commanded that the earth would bring forth every beast of the field and it happened. And when this happened, God saw that it was good. Then God said let us not let us make man in our own image so God did just that he created man in his own image scripture says male and female created he them he designed and created the amazingly complex central nervous system so that each independent part of your body could communicate with the brain and can function the way that he designed it to he laid out every vein and every artery with unmatched precision so that the blood could flow through the body and that life could be pumped through the body. He shaped and he placed all 206 bones in your skeletal system so that it could have cohesive structure and that it could function and move the way that he designed it to. He created and gave strength to all 650 muscles in your body today so that you could walk and you could run and you could lift and you could speak and you could have strength. And after all of this, all that God had done, the incredible, amazing things that he had done, the incredibly complex, beautiful things, God steps back, looks at all that he's made, all that he's spoken to existence, everything he's created, and he says, behold, it is very, very Good. 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 Such an, an interesting word choice. But God if I was God, I would have looked out and said, Man, look what I did. Look at how that sun shines so beautifully. Look at all those creatures. Man, that, that is that is an awesome thing. That is a incredible thing. That is a, a mind-blowing, unprecedented thing. But that's not what he said. He said, Behold, it is very good god looks at all his creation and says it is Good. This usage of the word good in this context just really intrigued me and made me wonder why was this word chosen? So I began to study the word good, and I realized very quickly that the English word for good and the Hebrew words and phrases for good are two very, very different things. The English word for good doesn't have anywhere near the depth or the meaning behind it as the Hebrew word for good does. The Hebrew word for good is tov, T-O-V, tov, and it's defined in the Hebrew as being in the process of destined for or fulfilling the divine purpose for which it was created we so loosely use the word good in our daily lives we we finish our lunch our our double cheeseburger medium fry and a diet coke because that's it all right and we say man that was good that was a good thing we we, we get together with friends and, and family and we, we go do something fun and we converse and we, we have what we would say is a good time with some good people if you will we, we we find some kind of entertainment a good Broadway show or a good sporting event and we say man that was a good play or that was a good game we, we take things or Events and judge them against our own personal idea of what good is our own personal idea of what good is each of us has a different idea of what good is and what good means what you think is good may not seem good to me What I feel is good may not seem good to you. Our versions of goodness vary, very differently from person to person. And and we do not have some uniform definition of good that we all refer to. And we all recognize when making these judgments or decisions. We judge each thing according to our own personal idea of goodness. We look at things and we compare them to our personal standard of goodness. And we decide whether or not that thing is a good thing. But that's not what God was saying or doing in Genesis when He looked out at all His creation and said it was good. He wasn't saying, well, I guess it meets every check on the list. I I guess it'll work. I guess it measures up to my own idea of goodness. I guess it'll work. It's not quite perfect. It's not quite how I envisioned it, but I, I guess it'll work for now. I guess it'll get the job done. I guess it's good enough. No, 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 no. That's not what he was saying even a little bit. He was saying my creation is doing exactly what I created it to do. It's obeying and it's adhering to the divine purpose that I have placed within it it's continually working towards what I have destined it for what I always knew it would be capable of what I always knew it would do what purpose I destined it for what I have purposed it for it's good it is Tove. let me tell you God does not do things by accident he does not do anything by accident. Nor does he do anything without purpose. He does all things with purpose and on purpose. it Purpose is the building block for all of creation. You being here this morning is not an accident. You being here was not just something that came about by chance. No, you being here was for a purpose. It was divinely ordained and purposed by almighty God that you be here this morning. He's a good God. I said, he's a good God. Yes, he is. And everything he orchestrates is good. Everything he puts together is tove. It's done with grand design. It is done with divine purpose. And it is done in his perfect will and his perfect way. It is a good thing. We need to understand this morning... That all goodness comes and flows from God. That's why scripture says there is none good but him. There is none good but him. I'm here to tell somebody you won't find goodness at the bottom of that bottle. You won't find goodness in some pill form. You won't find goodness in any of the clubs in this city. You won't find goodness even in a relationship. You won't find goodness in any of those things because goodness only has one source. Goodness can only come from one place. God Almighty is good alone, and he shares his glory and his goodness with no man and no thing. He's the sole source of goodness and purpose. We like to label people that we love and we admire as being good people. I've been guilty of it. Old Uncle Bob, he's such a good person, such a good man. Oh, great Aunt Susan, such a lady. Such, they're just good people. And I know what we're saying. I know what intention we have. But that's not really the word we should be using. They might be generous. They might be kind. They might be loving. They might be someone you admire and you respect. And they might be capable of doing good things. But at the root of it, we cannot accurately say that they are good themselves. For there is none good but him. There is none good save Jesus. There is none good good say the living God and creator and father of all there is none good besides him there's no other source of goodness in heaven or in earth he is the only source of goodness every good and perfect gift cometh down from the father of Lights he is good I said he is good he's a good God he's a good father he's a good savior he's good he's good he's good in this place and all of his creation sings his praise and proclaims his goodness Every time you look out your window and see that beautiful sunlight shining through and illuminating and warming your home, you're not just seeing some natural phenomenon. No, you are seeing something that God Almighty orchestrated. You are seeing the goodness of God. Every time you look up into the sky and you see, you see the geese flying in perfect V formation, and, and you look at that and you say, Wow, that's really cool. No, that's not just cool, that is the goodness of God every time you look out into the field and you see plants bursting forth from the soil with life and purpose and having seed within itself that that's that's not just some random thing that happens by chance it was done because the creator said it would be done that's not just by chance or happenstance that's by grand design that's divine purpose that's the goodness of God that's the goodness of God. Every time you look out in the cornfield, that's not just a cornfield. That's thousands of little green evangelists blowing in the wind saying, God is good. God is good. He's God of purpose. He's a God that, that set everything into motion. God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. That's the perfect will and purpose of God. The tove of God. Scientists can't explain why the bird just instinctively knows how to build a nest. I can. It's called the goodness of God. (laughs) Biologists, they can't really explain how the salmon and and all the different fowl of the air know how to migrate for different seasons and mating. I can. It's called the goodness of God. They can't explain the miracle of a conception and life and childbirth. I can. It's called the goodness of God. It's called the divine purpose and plan and will of God. It's the creation doing what it was designed by its creator to do. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. We are his creation. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are his creation. We are his creation. And you know what we were created to do? We were created to worship. We were created to worship. I've heard athletes say, man, I was just created to play basketball. No, you weren't. You were created to worship. I've heard people say, "Well, I was just they were just created to be a doctor. They were just created to be a lawyer." No, you weren't. You were created to worship. Those are those are good things and they can take you far in life and they can pay the bills, but that's not what you were created to do at the root of it, at the very root of it, at the base of all existence. You were created and designed and made to worship. We were made to worship. We worship with every action of life, our thoughts, and our actions and our words and our choices it's all worship it's all worship because we were created by almighty God to worship now that doesn't mean he forces us to worship him he's not some dictator sitting up on his throne saying I command you to worship me you will wake up and go to the house of the Lord because I made you to do that no 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 he also gave and instilled in you the gift of free choice Free will. Yes, you were created to worship, but he's not going to demand that you worship him. He gave us all free will, but make no mistake, you were still created to worship, and you will worship something. Whatever consumes your thoughts, that's what you worship. Whatever dictates your actions and your choices, that's what you worship. Whatever your words lift up and edify in the morning, that's what you worship. Whatever consumes your speech through conversation throughout the day, that's what you worship. Whatever receives your praise and your adoration and your respect, that's what you worship. This world worships money. They worship lust. They worship power and violence and entertainment. They worship everything and anything but God. This is a godless world that we live in. Sin is running rampant in our streets. And they worship anything and everything but God. Why? Because they were created to worship. We were all created to worship. But we who have come to the understanding of who God really is, we who have daily communion with him, we who walk in the morning and speak to him so freely, we who have experienced him in his fullness of who he is, we worship him. Our thoughts proclaim his goodness. Our words and our actions and our choices are worshipped to him. And they show forth the goodness of God to everyone around us. We worship him with our whole heart. Not because it's demanded of us. Not because we're forced to. Not because we don't have any other choice. But because we've tasted and we've seen and we've experienced that the Lord is good. I don't clap my hands because someone's pulling my puppet strings. I clap my hands because the Lord is good. I don't run these aisles to get attention. I run these aisles because the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good, and I miss creation. And I must show forth. (laughs) He's a good God. All my life, I've been raised in church. I was what you call raised under the church pew. I remember sleeping under the church pew. I've been in church all my life, and all my life I've heard the elders stand up and testify, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. I've heard it so much, it's almost redundant because it's just the go-to testimony. Stand up and testify, brother. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Most of us who grew up in church have heard that more than a few times. We testify about his goodness. We sing about his goodness. We quote scripture after scripture about his goodness. But even so, we sometimes become so overwhelmed and engulfed by the trials and the circumstances and the troubles of life that we allow it to affect our view and our perspective of the goodness of God. Sometimes life just throws a curveball. And if you're not careful, if you're not completely prayed up, it'll come after your perspective on His goodness. It's in these moments of weakness that sometimes people in your sphere of influence that might not be saved will start to question your devotion to God. Well, if God was really good, why would He allow you to go through this? Well, if God was. Really, so good like you say he is. Why would you have lost your loved one? Well, if God was really so good like you've been telling me He is, why'd you why you lose your job right when you lost it? And they'll start to question your devotion to God I'm here to preach to somebody this morning sometimes the goodness and the purpose of God will take you places that you do not want to go that your flesh does not want to go not to hurt you not to abuse you not to cause you harm of any sort but so that the goodness of God might be made manifest in your life and in your home and in your career and in your marriage and in your family Just look at Joseph. Joseph had to go down a path that none of us would choose to go down. None of us would choose to have to walk in the steps of Joseph. Joseph, I know you don't want to be ripped from your home and away from your loved ones and and everything that you know and hold dear but it's for a purpose. I know you don't want to be sold into slavery and sent into Egypt for hard labor in a land that you're unfamiliar with, but trust me, it's it's for a purpose. I know you don't want to wrongly be accused of crimes that you didn't commit and be thrown into a prison that you do not deserve whatsoever, but but believe me on this, it's, it's for a purpose. I know you don't want to spend years in prison interpreting dreams for everyone and their brother when your own dreams don't even make sense Oh but trust me Joseph It's for a purpose You have a destiny You have a divine appointment With purpose that no man Can take away from you That no prison cell can detour you from That no amount of time in slavery Can rob you of And when it's all said and done You'll look into the eyes of those Who sought to destroy you And you will be able to proclaim What you meant for evil evil God meant for good. i'm here to preach to those who are going through some things right now it might seem like a hopeless situation it might seem like a lost cause to you it may seem like your darkest tower but don't throw in the towel just yet i know you don't understand why i know it feels so undeserved but we have a purpose for we know that all things all things all things all things all things work together For good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. I know you're in the midst of a struggle right now, but rest assured it's working for your good. I know you don't see any way out of a hopeless situation right now but trust me and believe it is working for your good and when you have faith and you have trust in the goodness of God you can look at whatever it is that you're facing whatever it is that you're going through and proclaim what you mean for evil God means for good what you mean to destroy me God's going to use it to advance me what you mean to detour me God's going gonna use it to send me to my destiny oh what you mean for evil God means for good (sighs) cancer what you mean for evil God intends for my good Marital strife, what you mean for evil, God intends it to be for my good. Unemployment, what you mean for evil, God intends for it to be for my good. Fear and anxiety and depression and confusion, what you mean for evil, God intends it to be for my good. Pain and brokenness and bitterness and and past hurts, whatever it might be, what you mean for evil, God intends for my good. Devil, you thought you had me. You thought I'd given up. You thought you were leading me down a road of destruction. But I'm walking in divine purpose. I'm walking in divine purpose. My steps aren't ordered by whatever I'm going through. My steps are ordered of the Lord. Devil, you're not ordering my steps. My steps are ordered of the Lord. And I'm going to walk through every trial. I'm going to walk through every circumstance. I'm going to walk through every sickness. With my faith in the goodness of God. He's a good God. He's a good God. And with him all things have purpose. All things have meaning and reason. Growing up in my home church, there was a precious saint of God. I'm thankful for those people. People who've been in church so long, you can't ever imagine them being out of church. This precious saint of God, her name was Karen Piper. Sister Piper was so faithful, so faithful to the house of God. If the doors were open and she was able to get out of bed, she was going to be in the house of the Lord. She was the person that if you asked how she was, she would tell you, and she'd be honest. She wouldn't hold nothing back. She'd tell you exactly how she felt. You'd greet her on a Tuesday night or a Sunday morning and ask, How are you, Sister Piper? And she'd say, Well, it's been kind of a rough week. My back's been hurting. I didn't get the report from the doctor I wanted to get. I lost a dear friend last week. My, my kids aren't living for God the way they know they should be living for God. But she would always stop right about there and say, but brother, God is so good. <sighs> but sister piper you just said your back was hurting oh i know but god is so good but but you just said you got a bad report from the doctor i know i did but god is so good god is so good and i I know but you just said your kids weren't serving god i know but god is so good He's good, he's good, he's good. In the middle of circumstance, he's good. In the middle of trial, he's good. In the middle of confusion and loss, he's good, he's good, he's good. He's good. <laughs> oh God's been so good to me. And Sister Piper, she, she wasn't the kind of person to let things worry her either. In her last day, she was struggling mightily with sickness. But she wasn't, she didn't let it bother her. It was because she had put all of her faith and all of her trust into the goodness of God. That's the kind of faith that says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You may prepare a table for me in the presence of mine enemies, but that's okay because you're going to anoint my head with oil and my cup's going to run over. And surely, 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 goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, I I know life is full of uncertainty. Life, life is full of, of happenings. We didn't see coming things. We didn't expect things we didn't want. It's full of twists and turns and detours. And life will take you to some very, very uncertain places. But I've got some good news for you. You don't ever have to worry about where this life might take you. You don't have to fear those uncertain times that are on the horizon that you can see coming. You don't have to fear the valley low of the shadow of death. Because the goodness and the mercy and the purpose and the perfect will of God are going to follow you every step of the way. You don't have to worry about that doctor's appointment because goodness and mercy are following you there. You don't have to worry about that meeting with the boss on Monday because goodness and mercy are following you there. You don't have to worry about anything that life might throw at you. Because goodness and mercy are following you there. Doesn't matter what you face in life, you don't have to worry because He's a good God. I said, he's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. And everything that happens, happens for a reason. And everything that happens, happens because it's full of purpose. And there is a purpose within you that nothing can shake, that nothing can destroy. The goodness of God is at work. In Exodus 33 and 34, we read... The account of Moses asking God show me your glory God just let me get a glimpse of who you are show me your glory and the Lord responds you can't see my face Moses you can't see me in my fullness Moses you can't see my face I can't share it all with you. I wish I could, but I can't. For no man can see me in my fullness and live. But if you stand here in the cleft of the rock, I will allow all of my goodness to pass before you. you can't can't see me in my fullness but but stand here Moses I'll let all of my goodness pass before you in this moment and it was after this experience that Moses had with God when he came back down to the people of Israel scripture says his face was shining as the sun it was shining so brightly that the people became afraid of him and and were, were nervous around him and they didn't understand what had happened to their leader what had happened to Moses I'm here to tell you something happens to you when you get the revelation of the goodness of God. Something happens to your countenance when you really understand how good he is. Something happens to you when you really get the full picture of how good he is. It changes who you are. It's written all over your face. And then people aren't going to understand how you can smile in the face of adversity. They'll call you fake. They'll say you're just denying the facts. You're just denying what's really going on. You're just full of it. You're, you're, You're not making any sense. Why are you acting the way that you act? I'm not fake. I'm not just putting my best foot forward. It's nothing like that. I'm not in denial. I've just experienced the goodness of God. I've just experienced how good he really is he's a good God and he'll never leave me he'll never forsake me oh he's good I've come to the understanding that even in my darkest hour He's still good even in my difficult circumstance he's still good even when I'm in my lowest valley he's still good even when nothing around me makes sense and I'm surrounded by chaos and confusion he's still good he's good he's good he's good he has a plan he has a purpose this is for reason there's been purpose ever since the earth was created I have a purpose Within me, I have a purpose and a reason, and His goodness is at work in me. I'm not in denial. I've just tasted. I've just tasted. And now I see that the Lord is good, and he's been good all along. He was good in every valley. He was good in every sickness. He was good in every circumstance. He was good when I didn't understand he was good. He was good when when fear and anxiety had blinded me to the fact that he was good. He was good. He's good, and he's good here in this place today. Oh, come on, can we lift our hands to the Lord? Can we proclaim his goodness in this place? Lord, you're good. You're good. I'm going to ask our musicians to come this morning. I want to open these altars today. The enemy's biggest lie that he will tell you is that you're not good enough it's the biggest lie he will whisper in your ear and say you're not good enough Those people don't know what you've done. Those people don't know the places you've been. Those people don't know how guilty of sin you are. Listen to me. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far from grace you think you might have fallen. You listen to what this preacher has to say this morning. There is goodness in you. There is goodness in you. The goodness of God is at work in your life. You're here today, and that's proof that he's good and that the goodness is at work in you right now. The purpose of God is inside of you. Don't you dare believe the lie of the enemy. Your story isn't over yet. Your story doesn't end in addiction. Your story doesn't end in depression. Your story doesn't end in suicidal thoughts. Your story isn't finished yet. It's just getting started. He's just getting started. His goodness is working in you right now. It's working. It's working. It's working. You might not be able to see it, but it's working. You might not be able to feel it right now, but it's working. It's working for your good. And we're confident. That's why Paul can stand up and say we are confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work, he will perform it in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we make our way down to this altar today? I just want to proclaim the goodness of God. Lord, let every word out of my mouth proclaim your goodness. Let every thought that I think proclaim your goodness. For you are good and you do all things well. And I was created with purpose. I was created with reason. I was given a destiny that nothing can rip from me. (sighs) Oh, His goodness is in this place today. His goodness is at work in this place today. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: I lay my hand I will see of the goodness of God it's yeah. all my life you have been there. Night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness of God. running out it's running out Running after me, Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. If my life lay down, I surrender now. I give You everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running after. good